Peyton Pritchard changes the entire course of this game, a game the Celtics were spiraling in, and he did it without even touching the ball just by checking into the game. I couldn't believe what I saw, and I'm going to talk about it right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day. Okay, so it wasn't every day this week because I took the Thanksgiving day off and I just pushed the Friday podcast into Saturday. So I'm going to fudge the everyday bit for a second here, but generally here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast for you wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube as well. So thank you for making the show part of your daily routine and your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales. I'm a former professional basketball player. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. I'm selling copies on my website, johncorrales.com. People are starting to buy them uh, for gifts, great birthday gifts, great Christmas gifts, great holiday gifts. So check that out. All right, Boston Celtics get this win over the Sacramento Kings. Final score, 122-104. And later on, later on, I'm going to... I, I guess, I don't know. I'm going to talk about the refs again with Grant Williams uh, because it continues to be a thing, but it, it it's a thing that is impacting the game. So I'm going to talk about that later on. Uh, second segment will be about some of the other things that happened in this game, but the first segment is going to be dedicated to Peyton Pritchard and the just the crazy impact that he had. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. I can't, I'm trying not to be hyperbolic here, but I saw something in this game that I, I just had never seen before. And I've seen guys check into games and play well. I remember distinctly a game in Miami a few seasons ago where Robert Williams, still trying to find his way, still trying to make an impact, came in. The Celtics were kind of sloppy, and he comes in and, and played well and changed the energy of the game. And I, I've seen that. I've seen that before. We've all seen it. I've never really seen anybody check into a game out of nowhere and change the entire energy of the building just by checking in. And I'm not talking like Bernard King type of thing, because that was that was an that was a special circumstance. There's there was a story behind that. There's some sort of drama behind that. I'm just talking about a normal guy, a normal dude, your bench, your fourth string point guard checking into a game and immediately without touching the ball, without doing anything, just change the entire dynamic of the game. Because at that point, 321, I think, is when he checked in, him and Luke Cornett. They check in, and the Celtics are down six-ish. Jason Tatum was taking free throws. So he got the foul to get to the free throw line. They were checking in about the same time. Celtics were down six. It was, um, 
84-78. So they check in after Tatum hits the first free throw. So whatever the run is, is a little sketchy, but that, that's not the point. That's not the point. The Celtics at that point, at the point of the foul, had just been outscored by 20 over the course of the second quarter into that point of the third quarter. First quarter was great. Celtics were playing awesome, great basketball. The Celtics played amazing basketball in the first quarter, and it was like, okay, here comes the, the blowout. The, the Kings had 10 turnovers in the first quarter. Here comes the blowout. I was thinking that, and very obviously the Celtics were thinking that too. So second quarter starts. Kings go on their run. The, that extends into the third quarter. Nothing really changes much. The Celtics looked listless. They'd been losing guys defensively. They were frustrated with the officiating, all of that stuff. And so they were down six. And Tatum was taking free throws. And the, and the building was dead. The building was absolutely dead, flat, no energy whatsoever. Richard checks in. Now, with apologies to Luke Cornett, he checked in too, and he did change the energy of the game as well. But he did it in the more traditional sense of he came in, he made, had a couple of plays, he made a couple of blocks, he, he caught an alley-oop. Like, that's the more traditional guy checks in off the bench and impacts the game with his energy. That's, that was that was great for him. But the cheering, the big ovation, where I sat there and I was like, wow, that is a big ovation for a late third quarter check-in. That was Peyton Pritchard. That was Peyton Pritchard coming in and the crowd going like, oh, yes, yes, Peyton. We love Peyton. He checks in. The crowd's energy picks up immediately. Like there was a buzzer under somebody's seat and they were sleeping and they all just jolted awake. They said, Oh, oh, Peyton, Peyton's in the game. All right, everybody, hey, these Peyton's in the game. Then he gets in and the Celtics start rolling. Now he did stuff, but it's not like he came in and he took over. He did a couple of things. Tatum did a couple of things. Brogdon did a couple of things. Like it was a team effort. Every good thing that happened, all of a sudden the crowd was extra hyped. It's like they skipped a few steps. It was weird. It was weird. It's like they skipped steps. The, the, the first bucket of that run felt like the eighth bucket, the tenth bucket of a run. You know what I mean? Like They skipped the initial, okay, that's a bucket. Oh, look, two buckets in a row. That's a, Oh, another stop. Okay, okay, okay. I'm starting to feel this. They skipped all of that preamble to the crowd getting hyped for a run. They Richard checked in, Celtics hit a bucket, and the crowd was immediately like, yeah. It was wild. 8-0 run, timeout. 14-0 run. Go from down six to up 10. And the energy as Jalen Brown is wont to say, shifted. Then in the fourth quarter, it just continued. And they were able to, the Kings went from, the Kings went from the first quarter looking like absolute garbage to second and third quarter looking like, wow, this is a playoff team in the West. This team can be dangerous to looking like hot garbage again. And I think it's because the Celtics, obviously the, the Kings just, are not great in that moment. Um, I watched the Kings against Memphis 
try like hell to give the game away. And it was very similar to this. They just fell apart. And in this one, they just fell apart again. They did not hold up to when the Celtics energy changed. And the Celtics put that pressure on and it just kept happening and happening and happening. And next thing you know, the final run, I have it here, somewhere here, uh, was 39 to 6. 39 to 6 after 11 minutes. Richard checks in with Cornette. 11 minutes later, 30. Three-point swing. You know, Pritchard had gotten off the floor at some some point there, and it just kept on rolling. 33-point swing. That's the story of the game. It's an amazing story of the game. Like I said, I've never seen a guy just check in and have the energy in the building change so dramatically. It was wild. All right, but other things happened in this game. And so I will talk about those uh, in just a minute. First, today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all know ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. This will change your world. It allows you, yeah, ExpressVPN allows you to binge the office on the on UK. It's simple to do. You sign into Netflix, you fire up ExpressVPN, change your location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just imagine all the Netflix libraries you can go through. Love Korean dramas? Use ExpressVPN to parasite off South Korean Netflix with your Netflix subscription. But it's not just Netflix. Yes, ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN is to watch shows because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag. You can even stream in HD, no problem. ExpressVPN also works on all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So if you want access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now and get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Now go ahead and make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. All the big stories from across the sports world, 20 minutes or so, all the Locked On uh, hosts, the local experts, expertise like you're never going to get anywhere else. Find it wherever you found this podcast, also on YouTube. So like I said earlier, as the Celtics get their second win in a row, uh, the first quarter was... Pretty great. And the Celtics came out strong. They came out um, with tough defense. They forced 10 turnovers. Jalen Brown was really good. Eight points. It was really spread out. It was a very even first quarter. Jalen, eight points. Tatum, eight points. Eight points for Derek White. Horford, six points. Horford, by the way, (laughs) in his last four games, Horford is 11 of 19 from three. 
which is awesome. 11 of 19 from three is really, really amazing. That's better than 50%. But oh, by the way, if you remember, the last four games includes an 0 for 7 against Chicago. So in those other three games, he's 11 of 12 from three. Horford, throw out the one worst shooting night of his life, and he's just crushing it from three. So he hit a couple of three-pointers there in, in the first quarter. You get a little contribution from Malcolm Brogdon. Sam Hauser comes in, hits a shot. They're looking good, right? They're, they're shooting 48% from the field, 50% from three. They've got 10 assists on 13 baskets, uh, five steals. They are running. They're getting into transition. That was beautiful in the first quarter. Then in the second quarter, things start to go south. The Kings stop turning the ball over because the Celtics defense kind of relaxes. And even though the Celtics put up 28 points, which is fine, they gave up 40 points in the second quarter. 40. And as fun as this game was and as amazing as that, all the stuff that I talked about in the first segment was, I also think it's important to get into like how bad that second quarter and the third quarter was how much they let the officials get into their heads, how much they let go of the rope, how much they let the bench get off on, you know, the, the Sacramento Kings bench at halftime was uh, up 30. Let me see. I'll, I'll pull up 30 to three. I think was the final number uh, at, at the half. The Celtics bench in the second half was phenomenal. 30, 30 to 9 halftime. The second half bench points, 20 to 3. Then garbage time. So I'm filtering out garbage time. Uh, but the point is, early on, the Celtics let the bench, let another team's bench get going on them. It's, it's important, I think, to... If we're going to celebrate this big turnaround, the, the, the Celtics, had, the, the energy changed as, as much as it did. You have to include, okay, well, if the energy changed, what was the energy before? If the energy was this good, what was it over here? And the part over here on the other side of that was garbage, hot garbage, because they played loose, they didn't, they didn't defend. And I feel like the Celtics, you know, you're, you're closing in on a 20-point lead. And a couple of things go wrong. And this Celtics team can be so good, so good. And I don't want to overreact to the ebbs and flows of a game that happen in every game. But the, the way those ebbs and flows happen is a little problematic because they let certain things that shouldn't bother them bother them, and they let things keep going. Now, they snapped out of it. They snapped out of it, right? I, I wonder, I, I can't help but wonder, if they would have really snapped out of it if Pritchard didn't come in. Is the blessing in disguise that the Celtics getting into so much foul trouble that Jalen had to sit and Marcus had to sit and Tatum was in foul trouble and everybody, if they didn't have to bring in Pritchard and Cornette, 
would they have found the energy to turn that around? Would, would they have been able to win the crowd back over? Because that infusion of energy is what changed everything. That infusion of energy changed how the Celtics were the, executing their, their offense, how they were executing their defense. And Joe Mazzulla, you know, with, with uh, Luke Cornett, it was able to change up some of the coverage. And that change, that change helped confuse the Kings long enough where they got sloppy, and that cascaded a few things. It, so if you don't sub Cornette in, you don't actually change that. And afterward, to his credit, Joe Mazzulla said, I have to do a better job of mixing things up when I'm, when I'm making these changes. And so he, he acknowledges that, hey, sometimes maybe I let I, – I, what's the way I'm going to put this? He acknowledges that the, he lets the Celtics do the same thing for too long. And that in today's NBA, you got to change coverages up because once a team sees something and they get used to it, they know how to beat it. And the team, that's it. I mean, an offense like the the um, the Kings is too good. And in the second half, the Celtics were able to really limit the damage that uh, you know you stop the their transition. You don't let them get out into transition. They love running off of misses and. Once you play with better energy and you're getting out into transition yourself, that changes everything. By changing the defense, he took away a lot of the uh, offense that DeMontis Sabonis created, which was really good. There was a nice adjustment for them. And the, the, the way that Missoula was able to tinker after that substitution was great. But I... I, I just have that that issue. Well, I, I, I don't want, I'm, I don't want to step on my third segment too much here. Uh, so I'll just I'll, I'll continue with with the officiating stuff because Jalen admitted that after the game that the officiating uh, was something that 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 bothered the Celtics. Um, who else? Uh, not a great game for Marcus Smart. He was just off. Um, just, just an off game for him. Grant Williams, an off game for him. He, he's gone through a little stretch where he's just not hitting shots. Nice to see Sam Hauser come up and, and hit a few shots. He was three of six. Uh, like I said, Pritchard, for all of the talk of everything, you know, two of four from the field, both of them three-pointers, three free throws, so he had nine points, but it was a plus 22 in 15 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Uh, I'll get into – let's get into Grant. Let's get into the uh, officiating – there uh in just a minute first today's show is also brought to you by sweat block uh everyone knows somebody that has dealt with uh embarrassing sweat or odor issues i admit that sometimes the, the faucet turns on and i just can't stop myself from sweating and if i'm going to talk to a group which i do sometimes and I don't want to deal with, oh God, how many layers do I have to wear to make sure that I'm not sweating through my shirts? Maybe it's cold outside and going into the warm room starts you sweating and I can't stop it. Well, look, very simple. Sweat block is able to fix the problem. Sweat block wipes were invented by a doctor and so they're guaranteed to work or you don't pay. They call it the sweat block dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block does not keep you dry, you get your money back. That's how confident they are 
in this. You put it on. It's a little wipe after you shower. Do it on a Sunday. Coverage all week. Doesn't matter. So if you have a presentation on Thursday and you put this on on Sunday, you're still covered. So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or order, try SweatBlock risk-free today. You can save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. I can't believe I have to do this again, but here we are again. And I promise I'm not going to do this every time Grant Williams gets a tech. But also, every time Grant Williams gets a tech, it is kind of an infuriating way to get a tech. The last time, like he, he's done it before in, in whatever, the, the time in Chicago where he got up and he brushed past an official and bumped into her, that was that was about as annoying as a way to get a tech and get ejected as, as possible. But in this one, he's, he's complaining about a non-call. Whether it was a, a right call or not, doesn't matter. He's complaining. And he's running up the left sideline with the official. And he's complaining the whole way up the sideline. Complaining so much that he runs directly up the back. I forget who it was, but directly up the back of one of the Sacramento Kings. And they both fall down. And actually in that moment, I thought that she was going to call a foul on him because he ran into this guy and they both fell over. She could have called a foul on him and he would have deserved it. So no, she lets it go. She lets him say all of the stuff he's going to say the whole way up. She lets that contact go. He blocks a shot. He says something else, and she calls him for the tech. Now, I'm sitting there in press row, but I've got a great view directly across from me. And Derek White is talking to her, and I can read her lips saying the whole way down. So by context having seen what I've seen, she's relaying to Derek, he was complaining the whole way down. And she gave him the entire length of the court to say what you got to say and shut up. All right? I think that's actually good officiating. She didn't call the tech up there where he probably deserved it. She didn't call the tech at half court where he probably deserved it. She didn't even call the tech after he ran into a, another player but he kept on going. Why? Why? What is so egregious that it, it requires a loss of focus the entire trip up the floor? And this is my problem. I, I don't really care so much about technical fouls. Honestly, I don't care. As long as they're not at a time where they're kind of crippling. I asked Joe Mazzula after the game, are, are the techs a problem? He said no, and I kind of agree with him. I don't care about the tech necessarily. I mean, part of it I do care about. It's, I mean, what's Grant Williams doing? Two, two or three techs off the league lead. But more so, the part that is infuriating is how much time the arguing takes away from focusing on the basketball. To have that be a distraction the entire way up the floor where you're so distracted that you run into another player and that after you actually make a defensive play when you get caught up, you still feel the need to say something. You're not focused on what's happening. You don't know what's happening on the floor. 
after the game, when I asked Joe Mazzulla about that, he said, what we can't do is get distracted. And I think that was a pointed message towards the entire group. Because Jalen Brown, after the game, said there were a lot of calls, the officiating, you know, good calls or bad calls, no comment, which, which you know, he means bad calls. Obviously, they were all bad calls. And we can say they were all bad calls. Fine. I'm not sitting there talking about the quality of the call. Because the Celtics benefited too. That that play early on where Derek White slapped the ball away from the De'Aaron Fox and got a layup, a breakaway layup on the other way. Me clearly tripped Fox, clearly. And they didn't call it. And they got they call a tech on Mike Brown and they called a tech on De'Aaron Fox. So the Celtics benefited from a bad call there. But whatever, if, the, if there's bad officiating, there's bad officiating. And if it's frust- I know it's frustrating. Anybody who's played basketball knows when the officiating is bad, it gets frustrating. I get it. But at this level, for that to be a problem and for that to take away from the Celtics being able to execute on the floor, when I talk about the energy shifting from bad to good, the bad part was really bad. And the bad part was bad because in a lot of ways, the Celtics were too caught up in the officiating. The technical foul is this big glaring example of why the Celtics fall into these, these lulls sometimes. And so as great as this, this win was, and as fun as the first quarter in the last... 15 minutes of the game were that middle part. There are serious things in there. That's like, you know, not great. It's not great. And they got away with it in this one. They got away with it because they were able to bounce back and they will, they will have lulls that are unrelated to this stuff, but the lulls are directly related to the officiating. Okay. Get frustrated. Fine. If that costs you a play, not great, but I get it. But to have it linger like that, you got to be better. You just got to be better. You got to be better. That's it for me. Celtics play on Sunday at 6 p.m. And so at 6 p.m., the Celtics will play the Washington Wizards. And after they play the Washington Wizards, I will be here to talk about that at the Garden. I am at the Garden. If you're watching on YouTube, I am at the Garden in my little... Uh, corner cubby hole hiding away from uh, the changeover. Shout out, by the way, to the Bull Gang before I wrap up. Because they the Bruins played here at 1 p.m. The Celtics came in at 8 p.m. Bruins went into overtime. When I got here at the arena at 6 o'clock, the changeover was still going on. One of the hoops wasn't even all the way up. But they got this thing done. They got the, the you know, within 20 minutes of me getting here, half an hour, they, they had everything set and it looked like a normal, normal setting, no issues with the floor, no nothing. They did a great job. And then they were out there after the game, breaking it down again, because WWE is here for Saturday. Then they got to go after WWE to set up for a Sunday game for the Celtics. Celtics will go back to back Sunday, Monday. So they actually get a little bit of a break. So I'll be here after the game on Sunday, but shout out to the bull gang for, for the work that they do over here at the garden. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, wherever you get your podcast if you aren't at this point uh, watch the show on YouTube 
Hope you enjoy the show on YouTube. And uh, if you are so inclined, share the podcast. Uh, tell your friends. Tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.